0: Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand and we boast in our hope At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you, O Lord, because we know that you're going to speak to us through it. We ask you, O oh Lord, that as your children, we will open our ears and open our eyes to see and to hear what you have for us this morning. Speak to us your word. In Christ, and we pray. Amen. I grew up in an era where every door had a different key. Before they did all that rekeying where everything has just one key, you remember those times? And my dad was a pastor, and I remember that when he started the church, his key ring looked something like that. That was it. When I was little, that was all he had. And as the years went by, he kept getting more keys, because we kept expanding the church. We built Sunday school rooms, we built a new chapel area, He added a whole new wing upstairs. And before you know it, my dad's keys could be heard about a mile away when he was coming your way because he had a wad of keys. And when I say a wad, I'm talking this doesn't do it justice. It was bigger than this. I mean, the thing was like, it was like that. It was just crazy. And I remember thinking to myself, boy, You must really be important if you have that many keys, because I didn't have any keys, right? That must really be important if you have all those keys. But the reality is that as I kept growing up and understanding a little more about keys, I began to understand that keys give you access to specific things. And so having a lot of keys does not make you special. It just means it's gonna take you that much longer to figure out which key is gonna go in in the lock. I understood then and began to understand even more so that it wasn't about having many keys, but about having the right key. It wasn't about the size of my key, it was about the key being the right one for the lock. And it wasn't even about the fanciness of the key, you know, with buttons and everything. Because that didn't make a difference if you didn't have the right lock. You see, keys are important. We've gotten past the whole having a different key for every door, and now we rekey everything. You can have one key for your whole house. So, because we wanted to make access more interesting, we came up with something called passwords. And so now you use passwords to gain access to stuff. Now, most of us have experienced passwords because you need them for just about everything, don't you? You need them for your online banking. You need them to to, to check your, your health insurance, your retirement funds. You need it to check your Social Security account. You need them for everything. You need a password. And the thing is that they have all these crazy rules about passwords, you know? Stand on one foot, make sure it's capitalized, one special character, no numbers that are similar, going after each other, and at least eight characters. And by the way, you have to remember this later. And this is just for one place. By the way, you have about 16 other places you're gonna need passwords. Good luck. And you know, when that happens, the worst thing is losing your password or your keys. Because when you lose your key, you can't just go, oh, I lost my key, I'll just take your key. Because your key is not gonna work for my stuff, right? I can't just go, you know I lost my password, I'll just use E's on my computer. It won't work. It won't work. So when you lose your keys, or when you lose your password, it causes a crisis, because you have to figure out how to get it back. And I think the people that created passwords realized You're going to need help, so we're going to give you some guidelines to create your passwords so that you can create them correctly. And then we're going to make sure that if you lose your password, there's a way for you to reset it. But in order to reset it, by the way, you're going to need to remember the original email that you had when you first created the account 20 years ago and that cell phone number that you had in college. And it gets more complicated as you go. It seems like every time you look at this issue of access and being able to get in, it gets more and more complicated before you know it, you're up to the security questions where they want to know the name of your childhood best friend and your pet's name. And you're hoping that that will do it. (laughs) And you'll finally get an email reset. You see, the the book of Romans chapter 5 It's all about obtaining access to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. The whole section that we have read is talking about how you and I are able to get access to all the blessings and the benefits and the the things that come with being a part of the kingdom of God. And we are so grateful that God did not make us create a password for this, He gave us a password. He said the password is Jesus Christ. There you go, boom. He didn't make it complicated. He just basically said here it is. The password is Jesus Christ. He is the way to access God's grace. He is the key to everything. If you want to know how to be forgiven of your sins, know Jesus Christ. If you want to experience miraculous healing, know Jesus Christ. If you want to experience God's direction in your life, know Jesus Christ. The password is always Jesus Christ. It's like a children's sermon. The answer is always Jesus. It's always Jesus. But Paul explains that we have been justified by faith and have peace with God through Jesus Christ. He has made it possible for us to be right with God to where we have access to membership in the kingdom of God. God has basically said, you are welcome here. Here's the key for you to get in. And as a result of our faith in Jesus, we have been made right and given full access with all the benefits and duties that go along with that. Now, how many times have you logged into a website and they had a disclaimer of terms that you had to agree with in order to get in? And it was a mile long, and nobody reads all the fine print, right? It could say that you had to be a zebra to get in, and you'd still say, "Yeah, I agree." because we don't read it all. But God was basically saying, "If you believe in Jesus Christ, that is all that you need to enter into the kingdom of God. You didn't do anything to deserve membership you did not do anything to pay for it. This is not a subscription where you get the first year free and the next year they'll charge you. This is a free gift of grace that comes through Jesus Christ. And often it sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Most of us want to say, well, isn't there a donation button somewhere that makes me feel like I've done something, or can't I sign up to volunteer so I feel like I deserve it? No, you can't. You do all those things, but it's not because you're paying for it. It's already paid for. It's already done. Jesus Christ already did everything required to give you access to his kingdom. And you see, he knows that we've been banking outside of his kingdom because You and I are in debt to sin in a way that we could never repay. You and I have been hit with fee after fee after fee of all the evil that we have been involved with in our lives, the sinfulness that draws us away from God, the excessive rules that try to limit our freedom in Christ, the limitations that keep us from believing in the miracles that God can do. And Jesus comes with this offer to join the kingdom, and we, we think it's just too good to be true. We know we don't deserve it. We know that we're not good enough for it, and this is what Paul means when he says that while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He was referring to the fact that you and I were bankrupt to sin when Jesus died on the cross to pay that price, that we were up to our eyeballs in sinfulness. And Jesus died before we even made a move to accept his offer. And I just want you to really grasp the incredible love of God displayed here because while we would seek a solid investment to put our money in, while we would seek something that had guaranteed returns and a great track record, Jesus shows us when we were a total wreck. He chose us when we did not choose him yet. He chose us when we were still sinners and there was no solid fundamentals showing that we were gonna change. Jesus believes in us before we believe in him. And that grace is what was given to us in Jesus Christ. Paul explains that this is what proves God's love for us, because only love could drive somebody to do something like this. Only love could drive God to give it all for us, unworthy people on a cross. Sometimes we forget that Jesus had to leave the glory of the Father in order to take on flesh, in order to suffer the things that we suffer in life of hunger and sadness and all the things that we go through and even to experience death on a cross for us, to give us admission into the kingdom, to give us the grace of the Father. All this while we were still enemies of God. All this before we had accepted the invitation But Jesus did not just provide entry for us into the kingdom of God. He led us into the kingdom of God by his example. You know, it's very hard to explain to somebody how to do something when you're not there with them. My parents call me all the time for tech support. I'm sure none of you go through this. And they'll call me and they'll they'll, they'll say things like, well, I got the mouse, but I don't know which corner to go and what to click, and what, what do I click? I'm like, Dad, I'm not there. I don't see what you're seeing. I don't have any clue what to click. Is there a menu bar? Well, he doesn't know what a menu bar looks like. You see, but when Jesus came... He came to lead us into the kingdom of God to show us by example. He didn't just say, here, do this. He said, let me sit by you and let me help you through the process and let me bring you to the Father. Let me teach you how to pray. Let me teach you how to love. Let me teach you how to have compassion. Let me teach you by example. And I'm not asking you to do anything I won't do myself. You know, Jesus never asked you to do anything he wasn't willing to do himself. He was willing to do anything that he could to share the good news of the gospel with those nobody else wanted to deal with. So Paul says, because of this great gift, because Jesus came and led us by example, he gave us access, he ushered us into the kingdom of God, and now we can boast about our suffering Because even in the midst of suffering, we know that it's producing in us endurance for the long term. Even when you're having trouble with it, and you're having to go through the steps over and over again, you're getting better at it. And in life, we go through hardships, and we draw closer to God because of those hardships. If everything was going well, I wonder how many of us would actually call out to the Lord. How many of us would actually even pray if everything was going well in terms of our finances and our health and our lives and our children and everything else? I wonder how many of us would really call out to the Lord. But it is in that suffering that we produce endurance and draw closer to God. And many things in life do make us suffer but they also increase our faith when we rely on God in the midst of that suffering. And Paul says that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. And when he talks about character, I don't think he means character in the way we define character, of just knowing right versus wrong and good versus evil. I think he means something deeper than this. I think when he talks about building in us character, he's talking about building in us a like-mindedness with Christ, that we seek to be more like Jesus, to take on that character of Jesus who was willing to love unto death and who was willing to be obedient unto death and who was willing to give it all for the kingdom of God. Jesus did not hold anything back. He showed us by his character that he was committed to this mission of saving the world, of saving us. It doesn't mean that it was easy, but it does mean that he set an example for us that whenever things get tough, we need to be people of character that don't give up, people of character that don't waver, people of character that continue to follow the will of God. People of character that seek the Holy Spirit's guidance. People of character that seek to love as Jesus loved. And he says, if you seek that character, that character will produce in you also hope. And this hope will never disappoint you. He says, because this hope, this hope does not depend on you. What a relief that it doesn't depend on me. This hope does not depend on how good you are. It does not depend on how many times you go to church or how much money you give. It does not depend on how many scripture verses you can quote. It does not depend on how many times you have served on a committee. It does not depend on how many mission trips you've gone on. It depends on only one thing that you know the key, Jesus Christ as the Savior of your life. It depends on the grace of God that has been poured out to you in the Holy Spirit. And it depends on God's providential presence with you, forgiving your sins and giving you a new life. And I think about this and I think about how we have to put our passwords in and log in every time. I wonder if we're logging in to the kingdom of God on a regular basis? Or if when we log in, it says, Your last login was at your last crisis about a month ago? Do we log in and find that there's 10 new messages because you haven't been communicating with God on a regular basis? When we log in, is there Three missed opportunities because the dates have already gone by, and we didn't notice because we didn't log in and check in with with Jesus to see what we needed to do. Jesus is clearly the key, but like every key, you have to use it. Having the key all by itself is not gonna do you any good. I can hold this key all day and my car is not gonna move. I can say I love this key all day long and my car is not gonna move. I can throw up this key and show everybody this key and my car is not gonna move. I need to actually use the key. I need to actually put it into practice. I need to actually call on the promises that Jesus has made for me and for you in order to experience God's grace. There's a reason that in every children's sermon, Jesus is always the answer. Because that at its simplest and most basic form is the gospel. That Jesus is the savior of the world and that outside of Jesus, none of us can find salvation and grace. Without Jesus, you and I can't be made right with the Father. Without being made right with the Father, we cannot experience the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't be empowered for the work of the kingdom. Without being empowered for the work of the kingdom, we can never spread His light like we're supposed to. Everything hinges on having Jesus and using Jesus in our lives. Without Jesus you will still experience suffering, but it won't produce endurance. Without Jesus, you'll try to get endurance, but it won't produce the character of the like-mindedness of Christ. Without Jesus, you might have character, but you'll put your hope in the wrong places. And when it's time to open the lock, your lock won't open because you have the wrong key it is so important for us to understand that Jesus is the access, the password, the key. But here's where it gets interesting. Because in every example of passwords that you have experienced in your life, you were told to come up with the most difficult, complicated password you could possibly find. One that nobody else would be able to guess. One that had... You know, large characters and small characters and numbers and symbols and everything else. And then you were told explicitly, do not share your password with anyone. But Jesus is there for you, not as your only exclusive password for you to enjoy and be a part of, but as the password that God wants you to share with other people who don't know him yet. And more than that, God wants you to walk somebody through the process of logging logging in to the kingdom of God, for you to walk them through the tabs about us so that they can learn about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that you will show them the tab of upcoming events so that they can learn about the second coming of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to heal even in the 21st century that you lead them to the more resources so that they know that there's scripture that they can rely on and learn to continue to build their faith. Jesus wants us to share the password, but he wants us to lead people by helping them in their faith to actually engage with Jesus on a regular basis. But oh boy, how disappointed they would be, if we log in and it says, you have 25 missed messages, or you logged in last three months ago, we have to lead by example. We have to be checking in with Jesus every single day that we might be able to share that Jesus, Jesus is the answer to everything in life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you because you are indeed the answer in our lives. Help us to share Jesus Christ with everyone we meet, to lead them in this faith journey, that they might know you and experience all your blessings, that they might be able to experience all that you have to teach us through your word, everything, O Lord, that you have promised for their lives. Lord, we ask that you will help us to be mentors, to be guides, to help those who have yet to know you, O Lord, to log in to your kingdom, and, O Lord, help us to let them know that this is for them, that this is for everyone that will put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ. Make us bold, O Lord, to go out and share that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.